Friends, are you ready for the party? Aren't you a good-looking bunch? Especially you in the back! And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 613. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you some of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, my live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, blog, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Whether you're planning your first vacation or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, thank you, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 celebrity cameos in Walt Disney World attractions, both current and extinct, including some memorable, obscure, and curious ones, and a lot of trivia and fun facts along the way. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win an all-new Disney prize package, including a copy of my brand new Disney Interviews book. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for information, updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Part of what I, and I think we, love about Walt Disney World and the Disney Parks is that when we pass through its portals, maybe even as we first drive onto property, we leave the real world behind us. But every now and then, it slips its way in, not in a bad way, but in a good, familiar, and often humorous and and wonderful way. And it makes its way in through the stories that are told here. And of course, no story can be told without the characters that populate them. And it's within those characters that we find some familiar names, faces, and voices. And there are undoubtedly, and actually likely way more than you think actually, more celebrity cameos in both current and extinct tractions than you probably can remember. So this week, we're going to look at some of our favorites, most memorable, obscure, and maybe even a few odd ones, as we share our top 10 celebrity cameos in Walt Disney World. And making a not-so-rare cameo himself is a man who goes by many names, is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, cuddled within a conundrum. He is, of course, Mr. Tim Foster of both Celebrations Magazine and GuideToTheMagic.com. If I'm remembered for nothing else than cuddling in the conundrum, the cuddling, whatever you said, that warmed my heart. That's that's what I was hoping. Thank you for. very much. 
<laughs> but it's true. You are a man of many mysteries. Um, but I am so glad not only to have you back, but to continue to call you friend after all. Lo, these many years. And we were just saying before we started recording, I think we've sort of dabbled into this realm, but we've never actually done a complete show about celebrities at Walt Disney World. And I think this is really, I think cameos by celebrities at the Disney Park, specifically Disney World, is really interesting because it's not necessarily the reason why you would go to see an attraction or show, like the same way a celebrity might attract you to a movie or a TV show, but it's more like a nice surprise. Exactly. And I'm waiting for the rules that you're going to put in place. As this is right this now. is this is actually fun because I anticipated some rules you might put in place, and I've already thought out my well planned out arguments against. Them. Well, let's sort of before but we you might not, list, but you might not have any. I, I don't so. think I have any, but let's sort of talk it out, right? Let's sort of okay. talk about it right. because I think sometimes celebrity cameos are expected, and what I mean by that is like when an attraction is based on an IP, on a movie, on a TV show. You almost expect the original voiceover artist to lend their voice and talents to the attraction as well. That's not always the case for a variety of reasons, including one specifically that I'm excited to look at later on as we go through our list. Mm. Um, And I think there's some cases too, Tim, where actors can't necessarily do it for one reason or another, either because... An actor passed on the role because it's about money. Because remember, these voices have to be licensed, even if they're not necessarily using the image uh, of, of an actor. So maybe there's cases that they don't want to or they can't or they had a conflict. And, you know, if you had to one, we were I know one of us did our research before this episode. We'll see one of us. Know. One of us. did. <laughs> but if you had to guess how about how many different major celebrities, actors, etc. cameos there have been in Disney World, Walt Disney World Park attractions. How many do you think there, there probably have been? Oh, man. Um, Ballpark it. Like... At 57. Wow. 212. It, 13. So, so, well, you, you should have you quit while you were ahead. I'm all, I'm all over the place. One of those is close. Because I, you know, just in my very quick... In my research for a top 10 list, I came up with about 50. There you go. See? So, um, and it's interesting because I sort of broke out my list. This is not a rule, just how I sort of broke out my list. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I, I looked at it sort of park by park, right? It's sort of just in my mind to help organize it. Epcot is a magnet for guest stars. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, uh, there is a, almost a disproport- disproportionate number of celebrity cameos in Epcot. Um, over the years, Magic Kingdom has lost a lot. We'll talk about some extinct attractions and some extinct cameos that I think they're going to be very, very um, surprising. Because I think, look, when you when you hear about celebrity cameos, Tim, I think many of them on our lists are ones that our friend, the listener who's listening with us, will know and probably expect to see. But I think there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot of very surprising names on this list. Wow, my list isn't that long either. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so See, let here's me ask you. all right. So yeah. all right. So well, let me the, because you <laughs> because you did follow the rules and you made it a top ten. 
What I makes, did. Right. So I, what qualifies for you as a celebrity top 10? Is it the celebrity itself? Is it the attraction? Is it the fact that it's it's unique or maybe a rare appearance by a celebrity? It's the, is it the celebrity's performance? Is it the context of the attraction? How did you sort of put your list together in your mind? Well, it basically started with how many can I remember? And then it went from there. But I did, I did as I go through this. Now, I, I didn't know if we were going to draw a distinction between a, a visual appearance versus a narration or something like that. No, and and I and out of respect for the voiceover artists um, and and the performance that they all have, you know, look, it, you know, Tom Hanks in Toy Story it gives a performance as Woody without necessarily having to see his face. So it can be a VO, it could be a voiceover, or it could be an actual, um, you know, character visual character appearance. Either or both is fine. There you go. Um, I. Th- Think I, I'm thinking the as a why this might be ringing a bell because I think we did talk about safety spiels at one point. If I remember correctly, I think we might have done something like something like that. Narrators. And there's a little and there's a little narrators. yeah, and there's a little crossover there. Yeah. So that was part of this. But the people I landed on were really um, uh, I think for the most part as I go down my list. Yeah, so these are. They're all actors who you recognize um, and they're they're playing characters, but they're not playing characters that you know. I guess they're they're playing characters unique to this attraction and to that actor. Like they're not recreating, you know, genie from Aladdin, but in their mm-hmm. voice that they're they're distinct characters. And I to me, they're they're all memorable because their performances are so it's a cross between they're so uh, true to the attraction and in, and they integrate so well with it, but there's still that essence of them as an actor, which is why they're great actors in their own right, but they bring that to the table and that character becomes that much more because of what they brought to the table, if right. that makes sense, as opposed to, uh, and there's plenty of other uh, actors that we see in, videos and safety films and so forth at Disney that are fantastic and do great jobs. They're not everyday household name celebrities. Mm. Um, but, but again, they, they bring uh, their, all, all of their talent to the table and add that their little bit of extra to the attraction and all the actors on my list do the same. So while I know it's, that's that guy um, to me in that, moment they're part of the attraction and they just make they elevate the whole attraction to a whole new level right and 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 you know for my list just you know pre-spoiler alert there is one that and it's going i'm going to put it first because the attraction is not the attraction without this this actor and then there's other that are are like you said more obscure um more interesting uh, because I have maybe a personal affinity for them or their work. So again, you are my friend, you are my guest. I am, and I'm always so incredibly curious to see where you go first. So please favor us with your first one and tell us not just why you put them on the list, but maybe why you're putting them first. 
Well, I'm putting this one first because this is the most go with me here one I have on my list. <laughs> um, now, to our credit, we did not we didn't really put a lot of defining rules on this, but this might be bending rules a little bit. But the first person I want to mention, mostly because of the time of year this is, and uh, I'll explain why he's on my list. But I wanted to talk about Gene Shepard. Interesting. I'm smiling. The silence is on my list. Is it really? It is. Oh, goodness. Oh, good. All right. Maybe it's not quite out there as I think (laughs) it is. But um, uh, so now of all the people I have on my list, he is unique. This this is purely a voiceover cameo, so to speak. Um, And if you don't know who it is, how do I say this? If you don't know who it is, you might not. (laughs) register that this is someone of celebrityness boy that came out wrong um it's a it's a curious fact because obviously gene shepherd for everyone who knows the narrator and the father in carousel of progress uh which every time i hear his voice i think of christmas mostly because of carousel progress but also because he's perhaps more famously known as the writer and the narrator of the adult Ralphie in a Christmas story. So that's always a fun fact to share with people who don't know all of the interconnectedness of who that who Gene Shepard is and why we always feel so Christmassy when we come out of the carousel of progress, the last scene, notwithstanding, but um, no, once you know that connection and you hear it, it's kind of neat because whether you go on the carousel of progress well, if you go on the Carousel of Progress, I can't help but think of Christmas in a Christmas story. When I watch a Christmas story, I can't think I can't help but thinking of being in the Magic Kingdom and being in the Carousel of Progress and listening to him talk to us about how much Walt Disney loved progress. Oh, and I thought this should be a caveat in the top 10 that we have to do an imitation of everyone we <laughs> put on our list. So and I can't wait for your cameo of Jerry Lewis, which I know you have on your list. Spaceship Earth, but um, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's mine. And again, I really wanted to bring that up because it is Christmas time, and we're in that mood. I'm getting ready to get settled in for my 24 hour marathon of a Christmas story. But um, it's a it's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful attraction, and just that the two are connected is such. It's a really cool fact when you discover it. It's fun to share. But I will never forget that voice. It will always be very special to me. So a few things. So uh, Gene Shepard was on my list, but only attached to someone else. Um, he 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 actually took over the role from Andrew Duggan, who was mm-hmm. the original voice of the father. So Gene Shepard took over during the refurbishment in 94. A Christmas Story came out about a decade earlier. So clearly like that very much put him on the map. And oh, by the way, quick aside in terms of where does a Christmas story rank in terms of all times greatest Christmas movies. I did share this past week on our Wednesday night live show. And then I shared it in the clubhouse on Facebook, not just my top five Christmas movies on Disney plus my top five all-time Christmas movies, my top five Christmas television specials, and my top five 
Are they really Christmas movies? Died Hard, Trading Places, I'm looking at you. Anyway, you can find those at www.com slash clubhouse. But Gene Shepard was on the list because I had him attached to Mel Blanc. I have, ah, right, okay. I wanted to give you a second. Let it register. So Mel Blanc is you. Cousin Orville, you. again, yep. from that um, from that, <clears throat> that um obviously most famously known sort of uh, from from the bath the bathtub scene but mel blank was <laughs> the man of a thousand voices and as somebody who grew up with bugs bunny and daffy duck and and porky pig and all the merry Mel merry melodies and looney tunes and so many of the hanna barbera cartoons and mr spacely on the jetsons and like he was an iconic voiceover guy even like pre-Lou Mangello, like during back you know, the the golden age of radio, you know, performing with Jack Benny and Abbott and Costello and Burns and Allen. You can Google those when you're done. So I, I included him here because he did this sort of as, sort of as a, a like a favor to, to Walt Disney. If you listen, he's in the tub and he's supposed to be smoking a cigar and we when he did his no privacy at all around his when he did that wasn't meant to be an impression i'm so sorry mel blank but when he did that wow. he actually did the voiceover and he stuck a pencil in his mouth so it would actually <laughs> sound like he had a cigar there um but clearly incredibly influential in the in the voice acting industry uh, i love the crossover from the you know looney tunes hanna barbera into you know my disney world as well so mel blank was absolutely i have a very long list but mel blank was actually very high on it uh my 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 uh mel blank fun fact no privacy at all in this place by the way that was gold but um <laughs> Now I'm. Uh, it's always curious when when I read about him, and I grew up on you know Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and all of that too. Um, as prolific and well known and iconic he is as a voice actor, that uh, aside from uh, a reprisal of some of the Warner Brothers characters in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, his entire Disney voiceover career, aside from Carousel of Progress. I remember this right. Consists of a solitary hiccup in Pinocchio, I believe, and that's it. Which is which is always very surprising to to remember that. But uh, there you go. But yeah, he is cousin Orville. How can you forget cousin? Orville? How could you forget cousin Orville? So no um, pride. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be saying that all night long. Right, I want I want you no sort to call in with your best. Mel Blank yes. as Cousin Orville impression, 407-900-9391, and leave your best Mel Blank or any impression on the voicemail there. Um, because I piggybacked off yours, I'm not going to count that as one of Absolutely mine. not. We were, of we were ripping there. So. Because the first one I put on my list, Tim, and I didn't even hesitate when I sort of, you know, brain dumped onto the, the you know, my virtual paper list, is someone who is it's it's very obvious but I put him on this list and I put him first because the attraction is not the attraction without him I cannot imagine not only the attraction being made but certainly being as popular at the time it is now extinct and funny and memorable as it was because there's only one timekeeper and his name is Robin Williams oh that's a good one that's a good one. 
the attraction, this this wonderful circle vision attraction in in Tomorrowland. What? Let's take the voices away. I, I like the attraction itself because it had this sort of, you know, obviously inspired by H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. It had that sort of retro sci-fi feel to it. Um, and Robin Williams' performance is brilliant because clearly, as with anything that Robin Williams ever did, um, not only did he not necessarily follow the script that he was given completely, but his improvisation and his, you know, manic hysteria was wonderful. Um, and it, it was a brilliant, yet I think somewhat underappreciated performance. Like when people talk about Robin Williams and, and unfortunately after he passed, Timekeeper was not necessarily one, you know, that sure. necessarily made the top of people's list. Um, but I think it, it should be. And if you've never had a chance to see it in person, you can hear, you can find the audio online. I think there's, I'm sure there's YouTube videos of it um, that you should go and, and listen because it is some of Robin's best work. And because I'm assuming you didn't have Timekeeper on your list, I want to just give a well, little bit of credit. Or did you? I, I'll say in uh, in uh, that, that's going to be a absolutely. Solid. I did, and you stole my uh, because inside Timekeeper. Not only did you get Robin Williams, but you got Rhea Perlman as Nine Eye. And remember, she was from Cheers. She was Carla Tortelli in Cheers. And oh, by the way, she's Mrs. Danny DeVito, a name you're going to hear again on this list. Jeremy Irons was H.G. Wells. You may hear Jeremy Irons' name again. And not just seen, but again, I, I alluded to at the beginning, some cameos are not necessarily showing up on screen, but their audio. Listen, you can't talk about the timekeeper, but in the scene where Jules Verne returns to the exhibition, uh, you know, sort of that, that building during the 90s, what is playing in the background? Star Wars. Motown great Philly. Big, Motown mo- Philly by Boys to Men. Get out of here. Get out of it. Really? Wow. So, again, it's supposed to sort of put you in time and place and space like, okay, this is early to mid-90s. This is what popular music sounds like. This was from their debut album in 1991 called Cooley High Harmony. Of course, (laughs) the classic. And, uh, yeah, so Boys to Man. And and I think – of all the things, I think that I think the inclusion of that song almost single-handedly dated the attraction more than Rhea Perlman or Robin Williams or anybody else uh, because it did sort of lock it into that place and time. It's funny if you were to distill what the '90s, the entire de- down to a song. It's a curious selection. And I just want but you to feel Philly really proud, though. Philly really proud. <laughs> and look, it's not the way it happens, but imagine they're doing a table read for Timekeeper. Robin Williams, Rhea Perlman, Jeremy Irons, and and Boys to Men are <laughs> sitting around a table, you know, doing a table read for the attraction. That's a conversation okay. I would like to listen in on. Those are six people who have not been in my kitchen. There's a cheers <laughs> reference for you. So there you go. Uh, Robin Williams and Timekeeper absolutely needs to be on the top 10 celebrity cameo in Walt Disney World list. 
Absolutely does. I'm actually glad you said Robin Williams. So I'm going to use that as a segue to this is another one I thought would be sort of a stretch, but not really. And, and the reason I'm bringing this person up is actually I have fond memories of their appearance in some other attractions. But for the sake of cameo appearances, I'm going to go back to the days of the the uh, Magic of Disney animation tour at the then MGM Studios. Uh, before Mushu, who Mushu, I love you, but before Mushu, you had Robin Williams um, in the film. What he, he was a he wanted to be Peter Pan, if I remember correctly. I confess I only saw that a few times where it switched. Um, but appearing alongside of him, uh, how can you talk about any cameo so celebrity voices of all time when you without mentioning Walter Cronkite and. And I thought it's since you mentioned Robin Williams, I thought that that was my way. If if you were going to limit this, because I thought you were, if you're going to limit this to people who only appeared on screen somehow, voiceovers don't count, little Timmy Foster. I thought you were going to say that. That was my way of uh, bringing him into the conversation. But I really, my most memorable Walter Cronkite moments in Disney. Um, I will confess, I my Spaceship Earth years started with Jeremy Irons, so I actually did not experience that personally. But I will never forget the holiday tag of Illuminations and never failed to bring a tear to my eye, especially when you, when you heard his distinctive booming voice echoing across World Showcase Lagoon. Um, but that was what that's one of the most you know memorable, emotional holiday moments I've ever had at Walt Disney World. And I'll never, never forget Walter Cronkite. But uh, he, as I mentioned, he has several, not just illuminations, but several appearances at Disney with um, Spaceship Earth and little appearance with Robin Williams showing him the magic of Disney animation. And what was the name of the (gasps) film that was shown? Wait, two questions for you. If you get either or both of these, if you get both of these... I will buy you not only dinner at Boathouse, but any other restaurant. Of well, wait, 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 wait. No, no, you're no, on record. Wait. You're, well, you're on record. You're what charging taking name? me to the Boathouse. Like, what was the name of <sighs> right. this film? It was sort of this hybrid live action animation, Roger Rabbit style. What was the name of the film? Uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Ay vey. <laughs> Come on, man. It's back to Neverland. Back to that's what I yeah back yes that's and what I meant when that's what Robin, I said Robin who is dressed like a typical you know 1989 tourist when yeah. he meets Walter Cronkite he said you know he does a oh, little no. impression of, of Walter which is awesome and he says yeah. name's Robin but you could call me what he says name's I, Robin but you can call me I don't know more I don't know Chuck Chuck, Chuck. But All I, right. I love the fact that you just pulled Mork out. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I, I like. Loved, uh, I love. No, I, I can. I did. I didn't see that. Um, I didn't see that attraction a whole lot. Or, and when I did, that was a long time ago. It was. So, uh, I think my uh, attempt was good enough for a boathouse. To Listen, I was going to take a boathouse whether think. you got it right or wrong. So there you matter. go. That's why I love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I will I, for. For sake of convenience, um, and I'm uh, and and 
uh, ease of walking for you, Tim. I'm going to take you right across the street. I'm going to stay in Magic Kingdom for another, I feel, legendary voiceover performance. And I wonder by your by your audible gasp if you're thinking what I'm thinking. I hope I'm thinking what you're thinking. Bon voyage. Tim Curry. Yes. An extraterrestrial yes. alien encounter. That I is fantastic. Oh, love, my gosh. Love, love, love Tim Curry. Not just as the simulated intelligence robotics or sir for short. Although, <laughs> by the way, his original name was going to be supposed to be Tom 2000. Whatever. Um, uh-huh. yeah, we'll talk about another voiceover for Tom 2000. I love Tim Curry not just as Dr. Frank and Furter in Rocky Horror Picture Show or in Annie, but I love him as the butler Wadsworth in Clue in 1985. <laughs> it I it is one of those movies that whenever it is on, I have to watch it. And I think he is brilliantly scary as Pennywise the Clown in Stephen King's made-for-TV movie from 1990, It. One of Stephen King's best books, I think one of the best adaptations on screen, both as the TV and then eventually the movie, um, Tim Curry as Pennywise was just incredible. More importantly, he was great as Sir. <laughs> and, 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 and this is just a voiceover, right? So he is yeah. so in this second pre-show area. You were introduced to this robot uh, built by Excess Technologies because, you know, we know the story of Excess. Um, mm-hmm. Again, originally, the robot that was in the first iteration of the attraction before it was shut down to make it even scarier was Phil <laughs> Hartman. And Phil oh, Hartman really? See, was I didn't Tom 2000, the Technobotic huh. Oratorical Mechanism Series 2000. And Mike Lasner walked in, said, uh-uh, it needs to be scarier. We need to get these... 14 to 25 year old boys in here and give something a little bit scarier so bon voyage phil hartman welcome in tim curry i loved phil hartman but i think tim curry was a better choice and then there's the whole teleportation of skippy and um you know when when sir is demonstrating the technology there's also other um there's other voiceover cameos in here kevin pollack is in here as spinlock kathy najimy is Dr. Femus. What Disney movie is Kath... Disney movies, actually, is Kathy and Jimmy famous... Like, does she have famous roles in? Hocus Pocus. Wow. Look at you, Paul. Ah, you didn't think I'd get that. I did that. not think you had it in you. And my list starts and ends with that. <laughs> what else was she in? Think what? What else? Ah, she is a vo- live action or as a as a voice artist. Live action, live action. Hmm. Sister act. Ah, uh, y- well, you know what? I will confess in front of the world. I never saw sister. <gasps> Stop act. it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you got to see sister act. And I and as a quick non Disney aside, she was in Rat Race. She was in, a, in this like sort of um, uh, funny sort of. Um, it featured a lot of celebrity cameos in it. It called Rat Race from like 2000, 2001, somewhere around. Very, very funny. But so, yeah, Kathy and Jimmy and Kevin Pollock were in there. Does that and get Chair- me a... Wait, Chairman Clench. How did I forget? Chairman Clench was Jeffrey Jones. Yes, what, that's right. What that's movie right. is Jeffrey Jones most famously known for? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. God, of 
if I didn't love you enough. There you go. <laughs> if something can't be done done with excess, then it shouldn't be done at all. Tim Curry, Absolutely. I love you, brother. Tim Curry. Uh, my Tim Curry uh, filmography starts and ends with Home Alone, too. Though, so. <laughs> I love you, sir. <laughs> Do bundle up. It's frightfully chilly outside. <laughs> My apologies to Tim Curry and Robin Williams and everyone. Oh, it's all in love. It's all in love. That, right. Any of these the most... impressions are, are definitely, um, they, are, they are based in, in love and admiration. So I will tell you, one of the most iconic Christmas movie scenes for me of all time is when Tim Curry realizes that young Kevin has stolen the credit card and the light <laughs> goes off above his head, mirroring the Grinch in the next scene as that smile grows even wider. Love classics it. love it classics love it. that's a great one thank you that's a drop the mic one and leave how much fun are we having go ahead what's wow. next uh let's see let's see well all right there's there's some obvious obvious ones that we need to talk about so i'll start talking about the obvious ones and this is perhaps my favorite but i just i can't wait to talk about them your flight attendant patrick <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> Patrick Warburton is th- that uh, now granted, I still have numbers three, two and one to go yet, but I will give him the nod. He is my favorite celebrity cameo appearance anywhere in Walt Disney World. But his he's it's just so Patrick. And the cool part, like if you watch him from. If you remember him from Seinfeld, what was the show? Oh, gosh, this is what was the show he was the star of? The name has escaped me. Do you remember? So I know with David with David Spade. He he had a show called Rules of Engagement. That's the one. Yeah. But we all know him as Putty from Seinfeld. But but that that the safety spiel, which is really all it is. And I, I mentioned I think we did a safety spiel show and he was surely at the top of that list, too. But uh I mean, Soren is an incredible attraction. I won't go so far as to say the safety spiel is the best part of the attraction. I can't go that far. Now it but might it be. does. <laughs> well, but it does make waiting in line that much more memorable. And who among us does not break out into our Patrick Warburton impression every time we get anywhere near soaring or we got our we got our Mickey ears in hand and we just can't help but say, and these little beauties like, and I probably bungled that line badly, but you know what I mean? Um, I wanted to give a nod to, so speak, I was trying to think of, and, and you can uh, talk more about flight attendant Patrick, but I was thinking of his Seinfeld connection. And this is a, ga- a fun game. <laughs> My daughter and I play this a lot. Uh, my my daughter especially because she was uh, she was uh, I don't know if she was alive when Seinfeld started or they were born together let's put it that way but she loves the show and she realized and I realized how much of our everyday vernacular comes from that show <laughs> and and we don't even re- we we say stuff and we think where did that come from and then we remember where it was half the fun is trying to remember what the episode was but. Um, I was trying to think if there are any other Seinfeld connections in Disney. And you could, you could actually help me up on this because I'm sure I'm missing some. But the first one that came to mind, and I'm sure we'll come back to this attraction later on, 
was uh, Michael Richards' brief appearance mm -hmm. as the caveman in Ellen's energy adventure as Kramer discovers fire. Past that, though, I couldn't think of any other Seinfeld connections. So I'm sure there have to be. You know what? I, I will. Um, but we'll think about that. We'll I will tell you this, this, that I will mention Seinfeld at More. some point later in the conversation. When, and we'll answer my question. Possibly. So there, there we go. Okay. So wait. So here's a trivia question for you. Okay. Yes, we're going to have some fun. So I'm, I'm knocking Warburton. these down. I am knocking these down. I love Patrick oh, Warburton. Oh, by the way, unless you're going to tell me. Well, ask the question because I was going to mention something else. This might so be So I question. love Seinfeld. Seinfeld is yeah. my second all-time favorite TV show next to Lost. Um, his David Putty. Interesting. Loving Arby's the way he does. He was also the voice of, uh, he was in Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Kim Possible. Family Guy. If you're a if you're a superhero comic book guy, he was also the Tick, the live action version of the series. However, Patrick Warburton, of all the people on this list, is not only found in Soren. He's also found in what other attraction? Oh wait a minute! In As almost a, a similar type of role in a pre-show queue. Oh man, in he, Walt Disney World. All right, I'll give you a hint. I'll, I'll tell give you me exactly a hint. who. Give me a hint. I want to get this. Give me. A he's G two four five. That sounds like a a, a a Star Wars. Yes, it is a Star Wars reference. <laughs> wow. What, uh, tell me more though. So the, in the, Star the, Tours, the, the adventure continues. Yeah. In the pre-show load area, he is the voice of the the sort of the 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 robot in that sort of directing people where to go and traffic and and the the pre-show security scanning and all that. And yeah, okay. wait a minute, Patrick ah. Warburton, yeah, <clears throat> is in not one, not two, <gasps> but three of the <clears throat> four parks in Walt Disney World. Oh no. Oh, yeah. You want to know why? Because he is the voice of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove yeah. in Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, huh? Huh? Ah. Right? Wow. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner for that one. How much fun are we having? Oh, uh, we are. I'm, my movie lineup is all set because I'm going to watch Trading Places and Die Hard and Emperor's New Groove. There you go. Nice. So oh, wait. A lot wait, of love you mentioned <laughs> a lot of love for Patrick Warburton. Um, quick aside, but I got another question for you. You talked about trading places, die hard really quick. <clears throat> this is a Disney uh, relevant question. Iron Man three Christmas movie or not. So uh, and this is part of uh, what you're, I you're wrong. You're wrong already. Well, but, this is part yeah. of what I talked about on my list because <laughs> Iron Man three is one of the movies that's on my lists of uh, my top. I do a top five live every Wednesday night. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a derivation of, of my originalist, which is here are top five movies. Are they or are they not Christmas movies? And Iron Man three is on that list because what qualifies something as a as a, as a Christmas movie does Christmas play? Does the occurrence of Christmas play in in a meaningful way? This is one of my qualifications into the storyline. So, for example, Die Hard is a Christmas movie 
because Nakatomi Plaza would not have been empty other than that one floor had they not been having their Christmas party that night. Trading Places is a Christmas movie because the crop reports have to come out and the whole it's Christmas and New Year's, so it does have to take place. Is Gremlins a Christmas movie? I'll leave that for you to debate and decide. Does the fact that Iron Man 3 takes place over Christmas time doesn't make it a Christmas movie? We can talk about that in the Facebook group. We can. Uh, I And I, I know uh, there's a whole, I think Marvel has a whole article on their site that it is a Christmas movie, and that's good enough for me. As far as Die Hard goes, I saw a quote from Bruce Willis, though, saying it is not a Christmas movie. It's a Bruce Willis movie. And that's 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 his uh, that's him weighing in on that question. So take that. for It's a moonlight. God, I used to love moonlighting. Anyway. All right. Back to our list. Back to our. Wait, you, you have to give me your you have to give me your Patrick Warburton impression. Everyone's Soren got the tower. One. There you go. That's all you're going to get is Soren to tell. Wait, do it again. Do no, it again. Come on. You get you get one crack at it. Soren to tower. <laughs> so- <laughs> I was going to start doing, I almost started doing Patrick Warburton impressions from Seinfeld, which would not make any sense to, you know, if you don't, if not a Seinfeld. All right, back to our list. I'm going. This is clearly not my face. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. He's a face painter. I know he's a yeah. face painter. Um, so we'll, we'll take this conversation offline. All right. Yes. I'm yes. going to go probably the most obscure one on Tim Foster. If you have this on yeah. your list, I will be <laughs> shocked, amazed, and partially impressed and devastated all at the same time because I'm taking you to a film that was originally found at the Disney MGM Studios and then was renamed and brought over to Magic Kingdom. I'm pretty sure this is not on my list. Good. Because in the summer of 1991, <laughs> uh, in summer of 1991, this is like a sort of Wayne's world. Go back in time. Summer 1991, it's brutally hot over at the Disney MGM Studios. But on one of the stages, a temporary attraction, as they are want to sort of come and go there, is installed. And it is a film known as Mickey's Audition. It's a five-minute film that was made for the studios that was, again, sort of in this Roger Rabbit's type thing. It combined live action and animation, and it was chock full of cameos. I'll get to them in a minute. In 1994, it moved over to the Town Square Exhibition Hall, Expo- Exposition Hall in Magic Kingdom and was renamed Mickey's Big Break. So it played over at Magic King. It played over at the Main Street Cinema first and then over at the Town Square Exposition Exposition Hall. So it it played in three different locations, studios, the cinema, and then the the Town Square Hall. It was directed by Rob Minkoff. So you probably know the name from Lion King, Stuart Little, Haunted Mansion, Mr. Peabody, and Sherman, which is actually a lot of fun. In terms of cameos, Roy E. Disney played the role of Walt Disney 
in this. And it's very, very hard to find this movie like online. You can you can look for Mickey's audition. Very difficult to find. So Roy Disney played the role of Walt Disney. I'm going to mention a couple of the other ones, and then I'm going to get to the one that I'm pegging here. Ed Begley Jr. You remember him from Saint Elsewhere? Miss Mr. Julie Louis Dreyfus. There's a Seinfeld connection. <laughs> no, and, and that's wrong. No, that's no. wrong. He Brad was Hall. Brad Officer Hall. Officer gener- gentleman. Uh, Batman <clears throat> Forever. Um, First drummer if Spinal Tap. Right. No. This is Ed yeah. Begley Jr. Yeah. He also did a he did a show, um, uh, I'm a Googling reality this. show a, a few years ago <laughs> um, about. Um, um, environmentality and like green living like he got very he was very much of an environmental activist anyway I don't care Ed Begley is not the one that I'm referring to I'm not referring to Angela Lansbury who was also in it not just the Angela Lansbury from Murder She Wrote and Bedknobs and Broomsticks and Beauty and the Beast so obviously like I'm building up somewhere like I'm going somewhere big and you would think because I'm a huge fan of this guy huge fan you would think that the cameo that i'm referring to is dom deloise do you know who do you even know who that is i know who dom deloise is i'm not so dom deloise was in a number of like (laughs) buddy movie like he was friends with burt reynolds so cannonball run cannonball run cannonball run two Cannibal Run, dun dun dun. Captain Chaos is hysterical. Smokey and the Bandit Two, the end. Um, he was actually the host of Candid Camera for a number of years. Did a lot of voiceover in in his later years for animated fe- features. Uh, a lot of Don Bluth movies as well. I met Dom DeLuise once. Like I saw him in Atlantic City with my parents, and I went backstage and I met him, and he offered me fruit from his fruit tray. That's my Dom DeLuise story. Wow. He was like the nicest. <laughs> But the but I'm going very long and very circuitous. The cameo that I'm referring to is Mel Brooks. No way. Way. Mel wow. Brooks played the director in Mickey's audition slash Mickey's Big Break Town Square ex- at, at at when it went to Town Square Exposition Hall. I love, 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 love. And almost any and all things that Mel Brooks has done. My love for Mel Brooks goes far and wide and deep. Not just because, Tim Foster, that Mel Brooks also has a Disney World connection. Because, why? Spaceballs. No, because <laughs> the Tower... Do you ever listen to the show? I know that the answer is no. That the Tower oh, yeah. of Terror was supposed to be... They actually... Um, uh, Eisner and Marty Sklar went to Mel Brooks, Brooks first to do a concept for what would be the Tower of Terror. And it was actually going to be a Castle Young Frankenstein. And you were supposed to walk through this Bavarian village and go to this castle over a drawbridge. Yeah, it was going to have this sort of... um, it was gonna be like this, and then and then they change it. It was going to be they wanted to get in, more into the the Hollywood theme, so it was gonna be the Mel Brooks Hollywood Horror Hotel, and it was gonna be this very sort of tongue in cheek, funny horror type thing. Um, they were and they used to refer to it as like Hotel Mel was what it was going to be, <laughs> um, and obviously it was for a number of different reasons. I won't go into too long. The idea was abandoned. If you go back and listen to my interviews with Tim Kirk and Steve Kirk, they were the Imagineers who worked on this project with Mel Brooks. 
very early on in the WW Radio days. You can just search for it in on the, the site or in your podcast. We talk more about uh, Mel Brooks and working with Disney. So there is my connection. The very circuitous Mickey's audition to Mel Brooks to Tower of Terror, but the Mel Brooks as the director is one of my favorite and most obscure cameos ever in Walt Disney World history. That's obscure. And I, ne- I never saw it. And I guess I'm never, I'll, I mean, I'll look for it, but you say it's hard to find. It's hard to find. Huh. Interesting. Dom DeLuise. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <laughs> Captain Chaos. That, that's great. Hey, let me just, I want to set the record straight here. Lest everybody out there is going, wait, wait, what? Um, as I said, uh, Julia Dreyfus is married to Brad Hall, not Ed Bagley Jr. But but Lou, he was the first drummer in Spinal Tap. Was he Stumpy really? Pete? Yes, yeah, Stumpy Pete. Stumpy Pete. <laughs> now, if you remember back in the when when there was sixties and the Black Moon movie and Give Me Some Money, that's Ed Bagley Jr. Oh yeah 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 right 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 okay. Yeah. It's been a long yeah. time since I've seen it. We'll add that to our uh, to our date night movie <laughs> list. There you go. And he was in the computer wore tennis shoes. So there you go. <clears throat> so really was let's see oh i'm is it my turn let's it see is. uh <laughs> mel brooks i need you to top mel brooks i can't see the except i feel like i'm gonna go to the opposite end of the spectrum on the uh how can you not be talking about but you get all the props for doing the obscure ones and boy you're smart lou <laughs> but uh <laughs> Let's see. Well, I see. I mentioned Michael Richards from Ellen's Energy Adventure, so we might as well talk about the whole attraction. Yes. And I will miss it. And I, I will tell you, I got a, um, a word Word is uh, coming out now about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the roller coaster, and what it will be, and how exciting it will be. And to my disappointment, it sounds like an attraction I will never go on, so... How I Miss You, Helen's Energy Adventure. It's going to be really cool. Just a little too scary for me. But um, but Ellen's Energy Adventure, I loved. I love the attraction. To me, that's one, of, that's one of those overlooked attractions, which you might not think of right away as you race on to test track or to mission space. But I always loved it. And um, it was one of those attractions filled with all sorts of cameos. Ellen DeGeneres, notwithstanding, obviously, she's the star of the show. Um Michael Richards, of course, um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Alex Trebek, though, mm-hmm. were so amazing. And um, and especially props to Alex Trebek was so great. It, it's, it's funny now to look back on it. And he's like he's Alex Trebek, but playing the part of Alex Trebek, the Jeopardy <laughs> host, Alex Trebek. So it was very cool. Very, meta. Now, very meta. Zip it, Judy. So um but all those all those cameos were the best. My favorite though is Einstein. You, uh, that's that's he knocked What's it out. What's the of name the of the uncredited actor that plays <clears throat> Albert Einstein? Oh, I have no idea. That's not Albert Einstein. <laughs> all right, now who is it? It's Benny Wasserman. What? There you go. Benny Wasserman does not get a love. Love. There you go, Benny. Wow. Wherever you may be, and, and did a great a great job. A bundle of uh, relatively speaking. <laughs> Something like that. Um, oh, who else was in there, though? I mean, those are the the stars of the show, Bill and Bill Nye, obviously. Who? So, uh, 
was also it's also over dinosaur right right um as is felicia boy all right i'm going all over the place back to epcot and back to ellen's energy adventure um other cameos in there too so you got willard scott who's the weatherman that's right willard scott playing willard scott Chris Berman back back back, yeah, back 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 yeah that's when I was always about to fall asleep in that room waiting for everybody to I love come Chris Berman <laughs> no Johnny not not because of him but I that was have, as long as you're going to yeah. give love to Alex Trebek may yeah. he rest in peace Johnny Gilbert the voice yeah, of Jeopardy yes. was yeah. also Johnny Gilbert the voice of KNRG Radio <laughs> um oh and this uh. Pardon me. This one just occurred to me. I remember her. I don't remember her name, though. Uh, I believe Saturday Night Live alum. She's the one who is getting Ellen back on set real quick. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh I'm going to be Googling this madly while we're talking. <laughs> so wait, um, while you do that, here's a trivia question for you. And yes. Don't go Googling this. Well, I'm Googling who this person is. I'm so Jamie Lee Curtis in the attraction, like Michael Richards, is actually uncredited. Judy, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is Stupid Judy. Right. What's Stupid Judy's last name? Uh, 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 uh. No, it is not. Uh, 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 uh. You know what? Wait, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, that's going to be this week's trivia question of the week. What is Stupid Judy's last name? You can win some not so valuable and interesting prizes, including a Disney interviews book. Maybe I'll throw in a, a WW Radio mug. Don't Google it. I now, love it. I'm Googling really it now. Um, I I believe I am thinking of Ellen Cleghorn, by the way. So I I, my Saturday Night Live, I was more of a late seventies Android Garrett Morris. Those that was my Saturday Night Live. Chevy Chase. Christmas Vacation. Oh, Gilda Radner. Boy. Gilda Radner. Gilda Radner, Mrs. Who was Gilda Radner's husband? Gene Wilder. Yes. Speaking go. of Mel Brooks, and we can go. See, it all connects. That's how cool oh, this is. Can I tell you something? Yeah. <clears throat> you You really want me to connect? You really want me to give you six degrees of Disney World and Mel Brooks? Oh, you got to now. All right. I'll do it with the next right. one on my list. Oh, all right. Is it my is it my turn now? Uh, sure. <laughs> all right. So Unless you wanted one. to talk about Bill Nye some more. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So the <laughs> next one on my list, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce on over to Epcot Center and an extinct attraction, which like some of the others that we've talked about was replete with celebrity talent from really a very, very wide spectrum of acting legacies. And I'm talking about Cranium Command. <gasps> awesome. So a little bit of history. Yeah. So when Disney first had this idea for a life and health pavilion, which is always going to be part of the original plan, they actually had plans for not one, but two audio animatronic shows inside the pavilion. One of them was going to be called The Tooth Follies, which is about <laughs> dental hygiene designed by Rolly Crump. 
The oh. other one about the function of the brain was going to be called the head trip. Obviously, that's the hmm. only one that they decided to go forward with. But originally, the idea for what was going to become Cranium Command was this idea of it almost took inspiration from like original Star Trek. And there was going to be this crew of three pilots that were piloting the brain, but each working on a different part. One was going to do the intellect, one was going to do the nervous system, and one of them was going to control emotion. Then they're like, no, we're not we're going we're to change that. We're going to go, instead of this idea of an outer space theme, because remember, they also had ideas for a space pavilion early on, they decided to go with the, the, the military operation angle and changed it to brain command. And then not long before the pavilion opened, they changed it to cranium command. And instead of three pilots, they had one. And his name was going to be Captain Cortex. <gasps> Look, I kid you not. This is, I don't make the news, man. I just report it. All right. So, okay, so you obviously they move that. away from that. But the, the show that we eventually get, Cranium Command, was directed by Jerry Reese, who did Brave Little Toaster. Um I love Brave Little Toast. Right? And the pre-show was actually one of the first efforts of Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, who did Between the Beast and Hunchback and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. But inside, right? So there were all of these. If you've never seen Cranium Command, the idea was you were sort of doing this this point of view, this first-person perspective inside the brain and inside this little boy in 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 school as he was sort of going through his day and he was being bullied and he was you know flirting with the girl and sort of going through all the things that that you know boys go through and just a few of the celebrity cameos inside included but are not limited to Dana Carvey we'll start off with an SNL Wayne's World right he also mm-hmm. was in another Disney film it was actually a touchstone film it's called Tough Guys uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was the adrenal gland. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. makes sense. From a Disney perspective, he was Pain in Hercules back in '97. Uh, but you've also heard him in in World of Color, Villainous, Sorcerer of the Magic Kingdom, House of Mouse, um, and then he was in obviously the adrenal gland in um, in Cranium Command. He also did um, some some animated stuff on TV like Buzz Lightyear Star Command um, Randy Cunningham Ninth Grade Ninja and a few of the other ones um, as well Charles Grodin was the left brain left brain um, Tia Carrere also was from Wayne's World um, was Bobby's mother she was also in um, she was Nani in Lilo and Stitch and also she was an American Dragon Jake Long in one of those episodes there but right. here's the connection that I, oh, wait, a couple of, so John Lovitz yeah. was the right brain. John Lovitz, you know, he was uh, um, a Saturday Night Live. Um, Kevin Nealon was the left ventricle, also an SNL alum. Yeah. alum. George Went from Cheers, going back to, go. to Rhea yeah. Perlman, was the stomach. And you ready for this? Yeah. Here, th- here is the connection to uh, Mel Brooks. Cloris Leachman. Was the teacher. Cloris Leachman was Frau Blucher 
in Young Frankenstein. You're supposed to hear the horse whinny right now. She was in History <laughs> of the World Part 1, right? Did mm-hmm. you know, and here's where I'm going to connect it for you, do you know that she is the most awarded actress in Emmy history along with Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Get out of here. You get out of here. Really? Wow. Really. All right. And World's from, from a more modern perspective, so for those of you who don't know any of the people or movies- I don't know any of people. She plays Heinz Doofenshmirtz's mother in Phineas and Ferb. There you go. Everyone will know what that is. <laughs> she was also in Sky High, which I love, by the way. Okay. <laughs> What? Have you ever seen Sky High? It's no. on Disney Plus. You have to come over and watch it. All right. <laughs> I'll make espresso. Tell me. Oh, well, then. <laughs> Enough said. I'm, I'm making espresso is also a young Frankenstein reference. But anyway. I, yeah. Kurt Russell, Kelly Preston. Okay. You've never seen Sky High? It's so good. It's so no. Good. I so feel like go. I lost any cachet I had with you earlier. So Cranium Com- Command, Cloris Leachman, my obscure Mel Brooks. There you go. And John That's Lovitz obs- and Kevin Nealon and Bobcat and all those guys. I saw John Lovitz in Central Park. Did you really? He was yelling at his dog. Yeah. No, yeah, I really did. So <laughs> fun stuff. I Actually, my, I'll, I'll throw this for our next one because when you when you were talking about Epcot, the Wonders of Life Pavilion. I actually thought you were gonna go. Come on, go where you're going. Go, left go instead there. of right to the making of me. Oh no, you went in a different. Where were you? Wait. Oh, uh, all right. Well, let ahead. me. I'll talk go about this. Not much. I don't remember this too well, but this was we'll connect um, all these dots. Don't worry. Oh, I have no dots to connect here, but actually. Um, so the making of me was a, a, a film in the wonders of life pavilion that uh, told the story of how you and me are made. Um, <laughs> Can you be a little bit more specific? <laughs> I'll be as specific as they were in the, in the film. As, uh, you know. But, um, but the film starred one Martin short, who um, again, I only saw that film a few times way back in the day, but um, to me, much more well-known, renowned, and famous for his hosting of the O Canada film and the Canada Pavilion. Canada, where it snows 365 days a year, and it's always cold. Seeing little Martin playing ice hockey with his friends. (laughs) That was me, too. Like, barely could stand up. Actually, I can't even stand up on skates. He was much better than I was. But um, now I loved... I. I loved his uh, narration of O Canada. Um, I remember the pre barely remember the previous version, which was more, uh, Oh, generic, shall we say, but he added, he brought his own special brand of humor to it. And uh, I guess you could also look at O Canada. Now does this count Lou? Does this count? Canada is home to many famous people. Here are some of them. Do those count as cameo appearances? <laughs> no, they do not. Ah, well, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay away from this. But um, uh, no, uh, Martin Short's on my list. Uh, 
mostly for our candidate. But I remembered he was in the making of me too, which was an Epcot, which you might be when you went to Cranium Command. But where where did you think I was going that I didn't go? Now you got so me wait, curious. So before we get there, I gotta like hang around with Martin Short. Oh, hang hang out with Martin longer. Short. A hang bit. out with Martin Short a little, little bit. Little SCTV connection. I'm here. not even going to O Canada yet. Okay. We're yes. so proud of her. We put her image on the coin. Check it out. The next time you accidentally get a Canadian dime <laughs> in your change. No. So Martin Short from Second City Television and then yeah. Saturday Night Live at Grimley, I must say. But yeah. Three Amigos. And I'm oh, doing my three. Yes. As if you could see me, I'm sort of doing my three. I love Three Amigos. I, I Chip, can oh. see it in my mind perfectly. I know. That's exactly. what we need next Halloween. <laughs> Me, you, and somebody else. We're going to go with the three amigos. Three amigos. <laughs> uh, inner Space. Uh, yes. Um, Father of the Bride, Disney Connection. The Santa Claus 3, the Santa Escape Claus. Santa Claus 3. He yep. is great as Jack Frost. Fantastic. And if you've ever Warm seen. Hugs. If you've ever seen Jiminy Glick, his Jiminy Glick <gasps> oh, is my gosh. so. Yeah. Hysterical. I like Martin Short a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I like him here in The Making of Me. I had to watch that film. I took notes. I had a lot of questions when I came out of it. Uh, obviously in <laughs> really? O Canada. As... Do, you, do you need me to explain some things to you after? We'll talk offline. Are you okay. Uh, all, right, all right. We'll talk <laughs> offline. Actually, speaking of O, did, now is O Canada, is this the only time O Canada is on your list? Yeah. Because Martin Short gave up. The reins to O Canada when when it was updated to who? Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. I haven't seen I, this yet. You, what? You haven't seen it? I haven't it? seen this. Stop. I haven't been there in a while. Good Gandhi man. You need to come down here. Well, we have a lot of things idea. that we need there's, to cover. There's stuff going on. Um <laughs> so uh, again, same thing. Uh Catherine O'Hara. Here we go. And yep. Eugene Levy. So first of all, Catherine O'Hara in Beetlejuice is just brilliant. But they too started off it like in, in the, like the seventies in SCT. You probably know mm-hmm. them from a modern perspective in, on um, on Schitt's Creek. Yeah. And just to be clear, it's S C H I T T. I it is. I, I still get angry about that, but <laughs> I want to just be clear. It's a it's a completely G rated <laughs> podcast. So, but they've worked together. For years and years and years on on so many wonderful things, and they are both hysterical in their own rights, including uh, as uh, the hosts of Canada Far and Wide. Now, inside the Wonders of Life Pavilion, you made a left. I thought you were making right because I thought you were going to an area when you go into the building, which is still there, yet it is covered over because I thought you were going to body wars. I'm and, I'm I'm afraid of body wars, so okay, no, but so very quickly. And this was I got, on my I got list. nauseous on body wars. Body wars was on my list, not just because yeah. I dug it. Now remember, Body Wars opened um in October of it's sort of late October of of like like the 19th, 29th, somewhere around there. And this really was when it opened. It was the first sort of thrill ride at Epcot, and the lines were long. The weights were like it was. Body Wars was the flight of passage of 1989. <laughs> like people really? waited there forever. But the celebrity connections, 
plural to this include Tim Matheson, best known to me as Otter from mm-hmm. Animal House, and Elizabeth Shue. Dr. Cynthia Lair? Uh, no? Is it not ringing a bell at all? Karate well, Kid? I- Adventures in Babysitting? Cocktail? I know who Elizabeth Shue is. Back to the Future 2 and 3? <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'm and, and what yeah. celebrity... What celebrity actor directed Body Wars? Um, Come on, get this, and I will. You hold on, Google. No, Body. I'm doing the Googles. Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock, directed nah, Body uh, Wars. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Mr. Spock directed Body Wars. I love that. I loved I was a I was a big Trek fan growing up. Where are you? Like all of the Treks. Like I literally remember the night that I ran upstairs from dinner in when I was still living home with my parents to catch the very first episode of Star Trek the Next Generation. So you're a big Wesley Crusher fan then. I really really enjoy Leonard Nimoy and <laughs> I think um, I think Patrick Stewart is a is a brilliant actor, not just for his work in Star Trek, but obviously a very <laughs> accomplished Shakespearean actor. But we are getting way off. But there you go. Making of me, Cranium Command, Body Wars. It's all this. It's all connected. That was a happening pavilion back in the day. Right. Yeah. I miss it. So there you go. Oh, dear. Uh, I don't know whose turn it is. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I uh, you uh, made mine better, so I think it's we've lost count, and who cares? All right, Timmy Foster. Well, I'm got... going to get right. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go then because because I think that's <laughs> right. scrambling. Well, look, I, I got like one really good one, and then one sort of uh, not obscure, but so give like. so and listen. I'm done. End with the big one. End with the big one. So give me another one. Give me a not so good one, right? No, this is a this is a good one. I, I don't know if it pops into people's mind when uh, you first think of this subject, but big fan. I, I like I like the the space, the stars. The, I wanted to be an astronaut when I grew up. Until I wanted to become Luke Skywalker when I grew up, which kind of dates me. Excuse but um, one second. I think I know exactly where you're going, and it plugs in directly oh, to where I was oh. going. Hmm. So what do you? How do you want to handle do it, this? Do it. Go exactly down the road you're going. And what? What if I don't go where you think I'm going? It doesn't then? matter. I'll bring it all back and make it look like it was supposed to connect. All <laughs> right. So, in my love of all things space, one of my favorite movies these days is Apollo 13, which I've seen 512 times, much to my mother's chagrin because I keep teasing her about it. Um, Gary Sinise's appearance yeah, in Mission Space, I. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites for I don't know. I, it might be the Apollo 13 connection, but um, I'm sure and to me, that's what he's known for in my mind. But of course, he's well known for lots of uh, Forrest Gump and plenty of other things. But to me, um, it's it's all about Apollo 13, which makes the connection with Mission Space that much more. Clearly, it needs to be Gary Sinise because he was in Apollo 13. And um, uh, I'm can you, curious. Can you give me where a Gary Sinise impression? Going. Whether it's uh, from wait, let me give it. Well, give me a Apollo lot. 13 
or from Apollo Mission 13. Space? Oh, wait a minute. Let me think of an Apollo 13 one. I can't think of anything from Mission Space other than get strapped in. I know you're probably feeling a little bit nervous right now, but don't worry. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I, I was always green team, and I don't know if we got Gary Sinise all the time. We got the other. We got cast member B for that one. But um, um, uh, oh, forget it. The are the ro- are the are the are the roses blooming and whatever? <laughs> are you I just reading the line, them. or is that actually I, you supposed to be Gary? No, Sinise? that was that was Tom Hanks. Uh, the Gary Sinise is no, I do not have the measles or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> well, I want to know where, what's his connection right, now. So, where, where so here we go. You? So first of all, Gary Sinise yeah. was on my list because I love him. I, first yeah. of all, he is Lieutenant Dan Taylor. Yes. Forrest Gump. But I love Gary Sinise for two other reasons. He is, without question, and I know we all love Doogie Howser. Gary Sinise, I will put up against any candlelight processional narrator like mano yes. a mano. Fight me yeah. on it, and look, and, and and I love Neil Patrick Harris, and but I also love Gary Sinise on a personal level. I love him and what he does for military and veterans. Uh, the Gary Sinise Foundation, like you should stop what you're doing and go and look at because Gary Sinise is he is just a, he's a good human being, man. And I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I love him in Candlelight. I love him in Forrest Gump. I liked him in Apollo 13, and I love, 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 loved him as Stu Redman from the Stand TV adaptation of the Stephen King book, which is my favorite book next to the Bible on the entire planet. And in the interest of full disclosure, I've read the Stand twice. I've never actually read the entire Bible, but you understand like what I mean. But it, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so, and now I'm going to connect it to okay. the one that's on my list which is probably as obscure as Mel Brooks and Cloris Leachman. And this one is on the list for purely personal reasons that almost have nothing to do with her performance in Epcot. Hmm. Because Gary Sinise in the 2017 update was replaced by one Gina Torres. And you're going, who? You mean... She, I know she did like a voice in Star Wars Rebels and she was in Westworld and Elena of Avalor. No, 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 no. She was <laughs> not just in Xena Warrior Princess. She was not just in Hercules, A Legendary Journey. But more importantly, she was and will always be Zoe Washburn from Firefly. Firefly, which, by the way, was a Joss Whedon show is one of my all-time canceled way too soon. It was the Star Trek of its generation. She was sort of the second in command of Firefly, um, which was a, uh, it was a Fox TV series that ran like for less than a season. Unfortunately, Nathan Fillion was in it. Alan Tudyk was in it. We, I could even go on and on about the voices he's done for Disney. Morena Baccarin was in it. Hello. Um, she was also in uh, Deadpool. But I love this connection because it connects to a show that is not Disney, but I personally love so very much. And it not, has nothing to do with her performance in Mission Space, but that's why I wanted to make sure I recognized her on my list. Shiny. Shiny? Shiny. <laughs> okay. I think we ran in different circles of nerddom. But, uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, Firefly. Firefly. Wait, so that means good. back it's to me Hulu. or Firefly is on Hulu. I don't have Hulu. I'll, I'm going to get you Hulu. I'm a Disney Plus kid, and there's I only, only have room there's for what I have only room for one in my heart. There's so. only there, there's very few episodes. There's like 16 episodes of Firefly. Like it did not, unfortunately, did not run very long. Fox really just messed. It, it was really like 14 episodes, but then there's like the Serenity movie, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you should start a mail-in campaign. They, tr- they did, and that's how the Serenity yeah. movie got made. Oh, well, there you go. Good job, then. So now uh, it is back uh, to uh, where, where did we Where did we end here? Uh, you know what? Let me I, – I have, like, one left. Go ahead. And so I can do that, and then you can do your 32 other ones you have on your list, which I'm sure you have. I do. I, I know you do. See, I know you too well. So – I will end on this one, but I will laugh at yours in in um, in a good way. When you first mentioned this idea to me, the first name that popped into my head, uh, as much as I, I love Patrick Warburton and you are my co-favorite, but my also big favorite is Eric Idle, Journey into Imagination. Dr. Nigel Channing. He is my... He probably is right there with Patrick, but my favorite cameo appearance by celebrity in an attraction is he embodies everything I was talking about at the beginning. Like his, the character of Dr. Nigel Channing, it elevates that you, if everyone has their opinions on journey into imagination, the original iteration versus the new one and all of that discussion. But with the arrival of Eric Idle, he, in his own way, he did elevate, the the attraction and the backstory and the and the whole theming of it to a whole new level and i i love the current iteration where they're uh, him and figment are you know bouncing back and forth against each other and um but his his performance and his humor and his what he brings to that role that perfectly typifies what i was talking about about how it elevates the attraction to a whole new level just because of him and how hilarious and awesome he is and fantastic. And um, I wasn't the biggest Monty Python fan growing up. Not that I wasn't a fan. I just didn't see it a whole lot. But I feel like I've known Eric Idle all my life. So he gets my number one slot on this list. As well he should. Um, I, look, and again. The and there's a couple not- other people in that attraction on the wall, too, by the way. They're- so. Right. Yeah. The attraction, the iteration of the attraction is admittedly not my favorite, which is why Eric Lytle did not right, make. Right. He's on my list I in understand. terms of acknowledging, but yeah. um, I, I will take, you know, the original Dreamfinder and Billy Barty as figment over Dr. Nigel Channing any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Is there a I'll fight you over this? No, I, no, I just won't fight you on it because the, the, <laughs> dream, the original Dreamfinder and figment win every time. No, that's fair enough. And that's why I said, you know, whatever your thoughts are on the iterations of the attraction is 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 a whole other story. But I, I just think for what he brought, because uh, trying to imagine the current iteration of Journey into Imagination with someone else or or someone you don't know, like filling that role. Um, I just I can't imagine like I can't imagine the attraction without I think him. He did just, great. just like people who did the original attraction. You can't imagine without figment and without the dream finder and all that he's that integral to the attraction to me anyway so. for what he was given to work with 
yeah. like Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> right? Wait, why is she not on this list? Well, she's I mean I'll 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 explain my list. But like Dame okay, Judy okay. Dench, it has nothing to do with the actor. It has to do with the script. And I yeah. don't think that Eric Idle or Dame Judy Dench was given the best possible script that they could have had. And but I and I love Spaceship Earth up. and I love Journey to Imagination <laughs> and I love me some figment, but <laughs> I'm the first to acknowledge that the current iterations are not necessary. Aren't de- no, I'm going to say it. They are not as good as the originals. Well, now how about his uh, the the uh, Honey Guy Shrunk the Audience appearances of not just him, but Marcia Strassman and uh, whoever else I'm missing in there. Just that was a separate uh, attraction of its into its own right. So do you give him props? Well, I mean, you get you're giving him props. I shouldn't say it that way. But uh, how do you feel right, about well, that? Well, again, same thing. Like, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, like I dug. I like, uh, first of all, I love Rick Moranis. Right? And, and Rick I love Moranis, the fact, that's right. I was trying yeah. to remember. So I, mean, I, I love the fact that. that SCTV? Um, that Rick, yeah. Like, God, and Second City Television and, and boy, Canada, you pump out some great stuff. Not just routine, <laughs> but in terms of, of people as well. Um, so, yeah. So, yes, uh, Eric Idle was in there, but, you know. Rick Moranis as, as Wayne Zielinski. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. <gasps> Spaceballs. There's the Mel Brooks connect. It <laughs> there all, you go. It all, see it all interconnects. <clears throat> and he's we also, for, in, a, in a dramatic, it's somewhat comedic, but dramatic role, Parenthood. He's excellent. Parenthood is a, is a, oh, is yeah, a yeah. yeah, Parenthood is a really, really good movie. Um, yeah. He was also in Brother Bear. <gasps> he did really? work. He did, yeah, he did VO work in Brother Bear. Fascinating. All right, so I'm going to, because, you know, like I said, at the very beginning, Epcot is sort of the hub of, of cameos, correct? We, mm-hmm. I don't think, other than mentioning the magic of Disney animation and Back to Neverland, we haven't really given any love to um, Hollywood Studios, other than my mention of Patrick Warburton, and no love has been given to Disney's Animal Kingdom. So I will give you one for each, including the one that you are probably not going to expect. Mm. Because at Disney's Hollywood Studios, I'm taking you to the great movie ride. Hmm. And you're like, what? That's That's not John Wayne. That's not Humphrey Bogart. You're right. And you know what? It's not Judy Garland either. Because no, the voice not. of Judy Garland in the Wizard of Oz scene was actually supplied by her daughter, Liza Minnelli. <gasps> well, that makes sense. But she's not credited anywhere. Like, you don't really. So, oh. again, like, for. Well, if, now she is. If you're not familiar with Liza Minnelli, I swear I'm not like a, a crotchety old man, but she was, especially in the, the 60s and 70s and really in the 80s as well um she was she was very well known for her performance and she won an oscar for cabaret uh arthur she had a number of of um uh, music albums and tv appearances she toured with sinatra and sammy davis jr whoa in the late 80s i would have killed to see sinatra and davis and minnelli like in vegas hello Anyway, uh, she actually, wait, you want to really, here's an obscure reference. Liza Minnelli actually put out an album and collaborated with the Pet Shop Boys. Does that that make me sound old? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. 
So, and here's the reason why. So here's the backstory. And this sort of, <laughs> in, in context, this goes back to what I said at the beginning in terms of sometimes the inability for one reason or another to gain or or even utilize pre-recorded audio for some of these actors is cost prohibitive. So the cost for obtaining the rights to Judy Garland's voice was so cost prohibitive that they reached that Imagineering reached out to her daughter who recreated the voice of Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz show scene. Hmm. Interesting. And she actually has, you could actually, here's another interesting fact. When you go into the courtyard of the great movie, I mean, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you will find the imprint, I'm not saying handprint, the imprint of Liza Minnelli, dated like early 1990 when they used to do sort of the, the star of the day. She wrote the word love and she imprinted not her hands, not her nose like Alan Alda, but her bare feet. Interesting. Here's another bit of trivia. So in The Great Movie Ride, there is the scene from Casablanca where Ingrid Bergman is there. She doesn't speak because her family would not, Ingrid Bergman's family would not give her permission to use her voice. Oh, that's cold. Listen, it's, that's. Well, that's, that's business. But her grandchildren actually came, like her grandchildren, like they went to the attraction and like, oh, that's that's your grandma right there. Like, in <laughs> Aww. Um, and very quickly, okay, so I'll, I'm going to take you over to It's Tough to Be a Bug. And, Ooh. All right. right. And you're going, oh, well, I got it. The reason why you're bringing us over there is, wait a minute, Tim Foster, here you go. I'm going to connect you again oh, no. to Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Seinfeld. Because yeah. Jason Alexander, George, yeah. is Weevil Knievel. He's the acorn weevil. He's the voice of... Oh, so, really? <laughs> yep. That's funny. And obviously, That's he funny. was also in what Disney animated feature film? Who, Jason Alexander? Yes. Exactly. Hunchback of Notre Dame. He was Hugo. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugo. That guy. So, in addition to... But that's not why I brought you there. <laughs> And I didn't no, bring you there over for French Stewart from Third Rock from the Sun. That would be ridiculous. And I certainly didn't bring you over there for Cheech Marin of Cheech and Absolutely. Chong fame. Obviously not. Wait, I'll even connect Cheech and Chong to my all-time <laughs> favorite television show. I've rewatched it six times, and it keeps getting better every single time I see it. Cheech Marin was in Lost. He played Hugo Reyes's dad, David Reyes, in Lost. Is this a bad time for me to tell you I've never seen that? Show. You need to come over. You're moving in because we're watching. All right, all right. We got a lot. But we got a lot why, to catch up to do. The reason why I brought you over to a tough to be a bug is not for Dave Foley, the voice of Flick. Remember, remember Kids in the Hall? Remember the old Kids in the Hall TV show? The Vaguely, show? yeah. Dave yeah. Foley. That's what. But I'm bringing there you, you over for Hopper because the voice <gasps> of Hopper is not Kevin Spacey. The original voice of Hopper in A Bug's Life. The hmm. voice of Hopper is Andrew Stanton. Oh, really? Andrew Stanton from Pixar, Bug's yeah. Life, Finding yeah. Nemo, Finding Dory, Wally, one of the best movies ever, John ever. Carter, yeah. not so much, Toy Story, <laughs> Monsters Inc. And the reason why is because supposedly, and there's there's different, you'll find different stories out and about floating around. But supposedly when Kevin Spacey signed on to do a bug's life, 
he explicitly said that he was not going to lend his voice for any toys, any theme park rides, any sequels, nothing. He was like one and done and I'm out, which listen, I'm not going to get too far down deep the Kevin Spacey rabbit hole, but it probably worked out pretty well that Andrew Stanton is his voice. There you go. Cool. Why would you agree? Well, anyway, like you said, everybody's got different reasons for, you know, not doing things. So so that's our, that's our list. However, I want to quickly acknowledge because I know that you, our friend, the listener is screaming, going, my God, Mangello, how do you not mention Johnny Depp? Like, clearly. And, and I get it. I right? actually had Johnny Depp on my list and then crossed it out. I, I didn't because it's so obvious. And while I applaud and appreciate him stepping literally into the attraction years ago, dressed up as Jack Sparrow to surprise guests was was awesome. Um, it almost was, was too obvious to, to be on my list. But I do want to mention it. So I'm going to very quickly go park by park. I- and but just this- on that one though, because I, I I do what I did, I had that often on my list. But while I was looking, I did read a funny quote by him about that. He said something. To I think it was jokingly we saying he regretted it, but but he was saying the reality was like he would do his thing, stand there, and we go, "What do you do?" Whatever. And I guess when he first started doing it, people didn't realize there was him. Like they didn't get that. That's. Johnny Depp, that's someone else. Like people were just sitting there. So he had to like kind of explain like it was kind of a little awkward. I thought that was funny. So. Right. Cause they just thought it was a Carry really on. good actor that looked like Johnny yeah. Depp. Cause he right, was right. Or, or, wow, they're right. those animatronics are really good these days. So uh it was kind of funny. All right. So very quickly, park by park, attraction by attraction. Yeah. We're gonna stay in Magic Kingdom, staying in Adventureland. The Enchanted Tiki Room, um, at one point had Don Rickles and Phil Hartman, again, Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. going back to um, the original Alien Encounter. Don Rickles, Mr. Potato Head, and then like decades of being one of the, the comedy geniuses. But also Jerry Orbach was the voice of Pierre. Jerry Orbach, the voice mm-hmm. of, yes, Lumiere. Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast and from Law yeah. and Order, which I love. Yep. Gilbert Gottfried. Um, was obviously Iago. We touched mm-hmm. on uh, Alien Counter. A couple of other ones quickly. Um, I'm mentioning Hall of Presidents, not for the president's voices themselves, but <gasps> the current host is Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And yeah. previous hosts, Maya Angelou and J.D. Hall. Yeah. Like, very impressive wow. for the yeah. old yeah. Splash Mountain has a celebrity cameo. Hmm. Huh. Splash hmm. Mountain has a celebrity cameo that ties into the Fresh Prince Mel of Bel Air. Oh. Um and oh, wait, the Teenage I... Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, James Avery. James Avery uh, was oh. Philip Banks oh. in the Fresh Prince. Yeah. He was Shredder in TMNT. Um, he was in the Brady Bunch movie. He was in Aladdin. So he passed in, in 2013, somewhere around there. Um, Legends of the Lion King was in Fantasyland for a number of years. Wait, what I, did I you left do it Splash off the Mountain? list because all of the voices from the film were the voices that, again, they did reprise a role in terms of Robert Guillaume, James Earl Jones, Nathan Lane, Ernie Sabella, Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons were all in Legend of the Lion King. 
lest we forget, as many people I think want to, Stitch's Great Escape. No Not way. The, you're going to you're going to talk about Stitch's Great Escape? Only in terms of Sergeant 90210, Richard Kind. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, the attraction might not necessarily have one of the best have, attractions of all time. Said no one ever. All time. That's not true. I'm, again, I'm sure that <laughs> oh, was somebody's. Come on. I know. Come on. And by the way, Richard Kine was a Jersey guy. There you go. But he was in uh, Bugs Life. He did voices in Bugs Life. He did uh, voices in Cars. You probably remember him from uh, the series Mad About You. That's right. I was yeah. trying to place the. Show he was in. And are you ready for this? Do you want your mind to be absolutely blown? He Wait, too hold on, hold on. <clears throat> has, All right, go ahead. He has a Julia Louis-Dreyfus connection. Because he started his career in Chicago with the Practical yeah. Theater Company, which was founded by one Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Wow. I, I have to... Hold on. While, that, you, that while you let that process, that I'm going to jump Wait, over I have a question to Space for you. Mountain. Go ahead. Wait, real quick. Uh, back, back to Splash Mountain. What what did he do in Splash Mountain? Oh, he, he was the voice over of he... Br'er Frog. Br'er Frog. There you yep. go. Just want to fill that blank. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, before we leave Magic Kingdom, <laughs> we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to Tomorrowland and Space Mountain. And hmm. in the queue of Space Mountain, it was like... It was SMTV. Not only will you find a, and it's funny because he had, uh, he has a an amazing career um, post Saved by the Bell. And you go, what? Like, who what? are you possibly talking about? Who so talking Mario about? Lopez was the host of this TV show and these ads that ran in the queue in addition to Mario Lopez Glenn Shaddix was in there you probably know him as Otho from Beetlejuice he was Ray Cathode and Uh. Charles Fleischer I almost did a really really bad Roger Rabbit impression was Crazy Larry Why, why, why can't you do your I can't I need to move on we're going to keep going because (laughs) Um, the people want it. No, nah, trust me. Nobody wants All that. Right. All um, right. We mentioned Judy Dench in Spaceship Earth. Uh, obviously, if we mention Julie, Judy Dench, we have to mention, you know, Walter Cronkite, Jeremy Irons, Larry mm-hmm. Dobkin, who you probably don't know from anything else, but Walter Cronkite and Jeremy Irons. Um, he I did a couple of their narrations than, than her. Um, a relatively new <laughs> addition to the list is in the Land Pavilion. In a new film called Awesome Planet, is Modern Family's Ty Burrell. Yes, which I and I did get a chance to see that. So, so wait, you've seen Awesome Planet, but you haven't. <clears throat> whatever. No, well, I mean, I I was there in February. I th- I thought I'd be coming back, and I've been back since. So. Okay, very quickly. I missed. I missed. We can't stay in Epcot without mentioning Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Makusa, and Michael Jackson as Captain EO. <laughs> um, within and? that, there is one that was almost a different celebrity cameo. Angelica Houston played the Supreme Leader. Now, when she mm-hmm. was first chosen, 
She actually was not the first choice. Remember, she was relatively unknown there. She won the Academy Award for Pritzi's Honor, but that was released like just before Captain EO actually started shooting. And when Captain EO started shooting, she was not the supreme leader. I mentioned hmm. that, uh, this is going to show that you never listened to WDW Radio. Right. Who was originally cast as a supreme leader? Julie Louis Dreyfus. Shelley Duvall. Oh, a Cheers connection. Yay. We no, got lots of Cheers. No, no, no. I'm not Shelly. I'm, sure, I'm sorry you said Shelly. I know more of she- a Popeye and Shining connection. A Shining connection. <laughs> I, 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 I had Shelly Long on the ring. So. Shelly's long, Shelly Duvall. They look exactly like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She backed out because the, the costume was too claustrophobic. So they cast in. Oh, really? Houston. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She also, and Angelica Houston actually was the voice in um there was some some like direct to DVD and some some TV Tinkerbell franchise things. Angelica Houston lent her voice to that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Uh what else? Test track, John Michael Higgins. Um he was Bill McKim. So the original test track, um, you know, hey, can you bring up, you know, the road, the Belgian block road test? That was John Michael Higgins. He was in Arrested Development Community. Wait, wait, wait. What? He was in what? Seinfeld. He there was in you Seinfeld. Go. Where? Right. How? When? Uh, he, it, was, it was like a walk on. It was like a one episode thing. I can't even tell you what episode it was. But oh, John Michael great, Higgins great. was in Seinfeld. Everybody, I can't believe how everything comes back to Mel Brooks and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> if only Julia Louis-Dreyfus in... could star in a Pixar movie. Oh, wait, she did. That's right. I'm trying to remember what else he was in. Um, Who, your uh, test track guy? You know what? I think he was. I think he was Elaine's boyfriend. That's right. He played Elaine's boyfriend in Seinfeld. Wait a minute. I'm Googling this. Yeah. He, he was, well, keep, keep talking. Okay, I'll, I'll keep going. I'm going to quickly go through the rest of what I have. Um, oh, I'll just, yeah. I'll quickly <laughs> mention Angela Lansbury and the Beauty and the Beast sing along. But again, it, it's it's the same role from yeah. the film. Um, going over to Disney's Hollywood Studios, also reprising his role, reprising his role is Paul Rubens. As RX-24, he's not your pilot. He's now the DJ, wiki wiki wah, at Oga's Cantina. <laughs> Pee-wee Herman used to be Captain Rex, and now you know him as RX-24, the DJ at Oga's Cantina. There you go. I found him, by the way. Good. On Seinfeld. Wait, well, let's go. As long as we're in Star Tours and Star Wars and over to Star Tours, Allison Janney is the voice of Ali Sanson, the flight attendant droid who gives you the safety guidelines. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Allison nice. Jenny, uh, she was Peach in Finding Nemo. She was oh, in, really? a, a okay. lot of people probably know her from the West Wing. I've actually never seen yeah. a, like a single second of it. No. Um, what else? Rock and Roller Coaster has Steven Tyler, obviously. Well, Ken Marino yeah. is actually, um, he's one of the engineers in the recording session. And Ileana Douglas from Goodfellas, Cape Fear, mm-hmm. Larry Sanders. Wait, wait! Ileana oh, Douglas oh. was in Seinfeld too. Come on! I it all comes. You, see, it see, all it all comes, comes back, back to Seinfeld. Is what it all comes back to. Forget the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's six degrees of six Seinfeld. Degrees of Seinfeld. Yep, that's I a show. That's a show right there. She was in 
<laughs> that's a show. See, look, see what I did. I just said like that's a show right there as a bit. Like I'm trying to be funny, and in my head I realized, wait, I got that from Seinfeld. So, uh, I and I don't remember what the episode was, but she, I remember she had like, um. Like very like orangey like like tan skin or something. I don't remember exactly. Oh, what. wait, yeah. uh, who is this again? I think I know you're talking. Ileana Douglas, um, and and like How George. Is she the one who did? Um, she was George's girlfriend. Yes. Then he had he was trying to date someone else. He wanted to break up with both of them. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> like no, George, we're in this for the long. <laughs> right. She refused to give up hey. on the relationship or something. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, we won't talk about the ruse. Turn, <laughs> Turn your key, Mora. Turn your key. Mora. That's, yeah. Right, right. Oh, uh, 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 by the way, I did it. Did The guy we were just talking about, John Michael Higgins. Right. Yeah. So he was he was in the episode. He's the one. I think he was the swimmer who shaved his head that Elaine was <laughs> right, dating. Right. And they wonder, are you from the future? That's who that was. So uh, I just looked it up. <laughs> and if you're not a Seinfeld fan, I apologize. Then you don't know what we're talking about. That's right. <laughs> um, so for, for I want to quickly go over to Galaxy's Edge. There, uh, for Obviously for things like Rise of the Resistance, all of the film actors, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, they're, they're all sort of you know, bringing back their same roles. However, the voice of Hondo Anaka is Jim mm-hmm. Cummings. Oh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too. He's Ray from Princess and the Frog, which I love. So you might not know the voice, but you might know the face, but you don't know the voice of Jim Cummings. And the only other one that I had for Disney's Animal Kingdom is two in the same attraction and it's Dinosaur. And it's Felicia Rashad, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Claire Huxtable and Wallace Langham. Dr. Grant Seeker. Dr. Grant Seeker. Dr. Grant Seeker, right. Um, Yeah. From and he was in uh, Larry Sanders show, Veronica's Closet. Um, he was on CSI. C- CSI, CSI law, right? CSI, order. yeah. That's where my daughter knows her, knows him from. So, uh, like for a, like CSI yeah. is like what fifteen years? Like 15, yeah. CSI has been around a long, long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, by yeah, the Felice way, you Rashad, Felice Rashad married yeah. to uh, uh, former NFL great Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad Rashad. Yeah. But she's also like she's won. Um, she won a Tony. I think she won like a Tony, and uh, I think she won an Emmy for I'm the sure Cosby Show. Did. Yeah, sister. Give me too. your best Felicia Rashad dinosaur. Quote. Oh, oh, I don't know. Stay safe. I, I don't. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> I don't know. Not unless you 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 talk about the Jerry Lewis cameo in Spaceship Earth. And until you do that, no more impressions out of me. There is really uh, there is really no Jerry Lewis. So all right. So I think we but, hit you know. most, if not all of them. And I'm sure if there's some that we missed, please let us know. Again, this was meant to be a top ten. I did want to make sure that I tried to hit. Some of the more obscure, some of the more interesting ones. I never connected the dots to, from Mel Brooks and and Julia Louis Dreyfus to the <laughs> Disney parks, but clearly it runs there very and wide Seinfeld. and deep. Um, well, do Julie you have a single favorite celebrity cameo or line from an attraction, past or present? Me. Um. It's a toss-up between Patrick and Eric. It's got to be Patrick. It's got to be Patrick Warburton. Well, I now ask the question. And I'm going to... <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
Well, I want to ask that question to you, our friend. Not me. The listen, yeah. not you. I've already just not asked. Me. You. I want to ask I our friend who's listening. What is your favorite, for whatever reason? Explain why. <clears throat> excuse me, celebrity cameo, past or present, in Walt Disney World. You can. I'll post this question. In the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That is our group on Facebook. Let me know there. Better yet, call the voicemail. Be heard on the air. I'll play it on upcoming shows at the end of the show. Tell me who your favorite cameo is. If you want to give me your best celebrity cameo impression from a Walt Disney World attraction, have at it. If it's really, really good, I'll send you something. I'll send you like a book or a mug. Like, But it's got to be killer. Call the voicemail, 407-900-9391. And as soon as you hang up that phone, and I'm, I don't know why I'm doing like the phone hang-up thing because nobody hangs up phones like that anymore <laughs> and you can't see me. But what you got to do is run on over to celebrationspress.com and Guide to the Magic. Pull up two tabs in your browser because Timmy Foster <laughs> has so much good stuff and tons of celebrity cameos there. I'll tell you, before, before you come on over to Celebrations Press and Guide to the Magic, on, on Lou's voicemail, I think you should leave your suggestion of what impression you want to hear from Lou. Take a poll, and then you need to give the people what they want. I'm going to call 500 times. Listen, you, you don't like that suggestion, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm frightened. Uh, I am, I am frightened. <laughs> you know, you know, you Just know. Be careful what you wish for. That's all I'm going to say. If you thought I that my <laughs> Jerry Lewis "Hey Lady" was bad, you haven't heard my. There's more. Yeah, there's yeah, there's. It's... Oh, all right. We've got to un. We got to. You haven't heard this. my Judy Dench. <laughs> we have to turn this rock. You over. haven't heard my Cloris Leachman or or you know. So, hey, real quick, uh, just a reminder, the new Guide to the Magic book is out. They make great Christmas presents. But you mentioned Jim Cummings earlier. This is some big, a uh, little bit of big news we have. In the next issue of Celebrations, which will be their spring issue, we are going to have an interview with Mr. Jim Cummings in that issue. So we're very what? excited about that. Yes, my friends. Yes, we are. Very excited. And... There are more surprises to come. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But we'll talk about those soon. But big surprises on the way. But that we are uh, very excited about the interviews. We're all, we're all excited. That's awesome. I cannot yeah, wait. And I can't fun. wait for that. And I lots of more stuff coming. I yeah. can't wait for the surprise tease. Oh, I, big, I surprise. Dig, big uh, surprise. Big surprise. It's like the unveiling of the next episode of Star Wars. Well, Maybe Timmy not Foster, I, I always have fun doing this. was so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I surprised you. I, it did. It, your, your surprise actually got at least some of the trivia questions you threw out at me. I, I actually don't think Google. you got any of the trivia. Don't, I, I don't even think you got the boys to men trivia question right. I got a couple right, and I did Google them this time. Bon so voyage. I did good, and you owe me dinner three times and we're going to your house for a movie night and slumber parties it's uh that's what we decided <laughs> that's what we decide i can't wait i can't wait yes, yes all right yes. so so take yes. us out with give me a uh give me a celebrity impression from a walt disney world attraction tower to soar how about soar to tower soar to soar to tower that's right that's right but i'm trying to think of a putty a putty of uh uh i'm done that's all i got Please give, please give, I, I, see, I want to hear you, Jerry Lewis. 
You I right, no, I've given enough. You give one. Anybody. It doesn't have to be Jerry Lewis. I, I, but see, I, I, I was trying to do Mel Blanc again, but it's so hard. It's so it would be so bad. I'll do someone else. Do Judy Dutch. Give us your Judy <laughs> Dutch. No, because I the ABC thing. It's not my favorite line. Ah, oh, you are so mad about that. Still, it's not my favorite line. Eh, we'll work it out. Say goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> the future is truly in the past. You just reminded me of a feature that I absolutely love. With the mere touch of a button, the entire process can be reversed. Bon voyage! It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, remember, or taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win an all-new Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to tell me what or where was the Sunshine State Exhibitorium. And first, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, or had creative answers, and knew, in a nutshell that this space was located at the lobby level of Disney's Contemporary Resort. It's where, during the early 1970s, they actually used the space as a movie theater. Now, a little bit of history. If you're familiar with the Fiesta Fun Center, this was the arcade that used to be located in the Contemporary, where the Wave currently sits. But that is actually not what was originally in the hotel, in this space on opening day. That space was originally built as convention space, known as the Sunshine State Exhibitorium. But early on, the demand for convention space at Walt Disney World was not necessarily there because they already had space elsewhere on property and in the resort. So they had arcade games and uh, mechanical games and, and actually a really large shooting gallery as well as a snack bar and a little theater where they would play some Disney films, sometimes for free, sometimes for a small fee. So basically, they originally took this empty and unused convention space, which show free movies there. Eventually, they added arcade games. It became the Fiesta Fun Center, and the convention space was moved upstairs where the convention center was eventually added onto many years later. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for a copy of my all-new Disney Interviews book, which you can find at Amazon.com. And for more information, go to DisneyInterviews.com, as well as all of my other digital products, including my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book and my seven virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom's history, details, secrets, and stories. Again, you can find all these at www.radio.com on Amazon, and the audio tours are available on Apple Music. Anyway, last week's winner, randomly selected, is Charles Crouch from Texas. So, Charles, you use the online form. I have your information. We'll get your your books and audio tours out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as you heard me say and asked him during our segment, this week I want you to tell me what is Stupid Judy's last name? So Dr. Judy, as you know from Ellen's Energy Adventure, the final Jeopardy scene, her last name is actually given in the attraction. Do you remember what it was? 
If so, you have until Sunday, December 20th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, you're going to play for a copy of my Disney Interviews book, my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, and all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom. So good luck and have fun. Stupid Judy. Stupid energy. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please be part of the community and conversation by joining our group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. It's fun. It's free. It's completely family friendly and drama free. There you can talk about not just this week or really any of the shows, but anything in the Disney, Marvel and Star Wars that you want to chat about. Also be sure and join me every Wednesday night for WW Radio Live on Facebook. It's my weekly video broadcast and chat with you where I share not only additional conversation about this week's podcast, but my top five live 20 questions contest, my Disney Plus pick of the week and conversation, your questions and so much more. That's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. Also, don't forget to check out my eBay auctions every Sunday at 9 p.m. Ten new auctions begin and end this week. Got a lot of very cool collectibles going up, including a number of rare and retired Disney collectibles. Everything starts at just $1, and you can find the auctions at www.radio.com slash eBay. Thanks, as always, to all of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Simon Rubens, Bridget Schultz, Lauren Joswiak, the Whitsons, Ryan Hurley, Gwyn Cornell, Chris Blagg, and Andy Merritt. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, trivia quests, backpacks, T-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, live video group calls, and lots more. You can visit www.radio.com slash support. Again, it's completely optional. Starts at as little as a dollar a month, but it's not only a great way for you to help show your support for the show, but don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. To learn more or find out how you can be part of the nation family, visit www.radio.com slash support. Also, you can connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. And if you have a question you want me to answer on the air, just email me, lou at www.radio.com. Please visit loumangelo.com to find out how I can help you turn what you love into what you do with one-on-one mentoring. I'm starting a new mastermind group beginning this January, every Tuesday night, limited to just six people. And although I know I don't have any in-person events going on right now, you can also find out how I can virtually present to your school, your conference, or your business. Again, visit loumangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. For all your vacation planning needs, visit them at mousefantravel.com for a free, no-obligation quote, all available discounts, and most importantly, the highest quality of personal attention and service. At Mouse Fan Travel, you are not just a client. You really are part of their family. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, man, I cannot wait till meet to the month and events start happening again. But if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please, please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tag me to make sure that I see it. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. It's incredibly helpful. 
And I want to thank some reviewers like Laughing All The Way, who says it's a diamond in the rough. The podcast is the best discovery I've made in years. I look forward to each and every episode full of humor, fun, and great Disney facts. Lose an inspiration to follow your dreams, and this podcast radiates the happiness he feels for all things Disney. WW Radio is an amazing source for history, travel tips, and food. Oh, the food. Laughing all the way, and everyone else who's left a recent review, thank you so much again. Just search for WW Radio on Apple Podcasts, or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for instructions and a link in exactly how and where to do it. I hope that you enjoyed this week's show. I hope to see you this Wednesday for the live show. And I hope at the very least, the show has made your day happier, inspired you to be a little bit better and brought a little bit of positivity to your day and to your week. And that you, as a result of that, you don't just choose the good and find the good and everything, but you be the good and you pass that positivity along to others. Positivity is contagious. It is valuable. And it won't just make you feel better, but it'll make somebody else feel better as well. I hope that this really is your best week ever. So until next time. Thank you again. I love and appreciate you. See ya. Oh, and P.S. Save the date. February 26th, 2021. Stay tuned. Hi, Lou and Becky. Um, It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I am actually not even done, but I just got so excited listening to your most recent episode about the Riviera Resort um, that I had to call midway through. You guys are doing a fantastic job, just so everyone knows if you have not been there, visited, stayed there, uh, dined there, everything uh, Becky and Lou just said about um, the resort is spot on. Um, It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, One thing that I just wanted to call in and chime in about is I, out of all the resorts, and Lou mentioned this, that we've waited so long for a new resort, and this one, if I were to describe it in a word, is so just well done. The story is there. The pictures of the family traveling um, when they were alive is there. Um, the European-esque feel that you get there. My family's from Europe, so I've traveled in Europe a lot. You don't feel like you're in Disney World, and that is just the – we all know Disney does an awesome job with immersion, but that's a part of this that I just fell in love with. I also think the location, not even on the Skyliner, which is amazing, but having it right out of Epcot – Guys, if you ever can stay there, end your day in France, in the French France Pavilion, go over and then end your day just in the, like, small little nooks and crannies of the Riviera, you literally will feel like you're not on this continent. Um, and I think it's cool and storytelling-ish in its own sense that the resort itself is so close to that spot in Epcot and also um, the Caribbean Beach, which has French vibes, too, if you will. So I just think that the Imagineers and Disney and the job they did with location, with the storytelling, with the rooms, with the art that you guys mentioned, the art is amazing. And I want every single mosaic mural there in my house um, is just spot on. So I love these resort reports. Uh, I'm so excited for more of them. And, yeah, you guys are doing an awesome job, and I can't wait to finish listening. Hope everyone's doing well and had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hey, Mr. Lou Mangiello, Ryan from St. Augustine, Florida. Um, I just got done listening to 612 um, Disney Treasures. That was incredible, man. All of the feels in that episode. Of course, I can tell you my extensive comic book Captain America collection that I still, every Wednesday, still go new comic book day and still get paper comics and 
love all that and my Star Wars collection as a kid. But my Disney treasure is from when I lived in New York uh, in 1989. My parents and I flew down to Florida to Disney World for a week and um, got my grandmother a gift um, of, a, of a Mickey Mouse plush. A small Mickey Mouse plush that he had his tail on it. It was great. And I brought it back to her and I gave it to her and she thought it was the greatest thing ever. And when I was 16 years old, when she had passed away, um, she still had that Mickey Mouse plush that she, that she left on her bed. Every time she made her bed in the morning, she would put that in front of her pillows. And, um, and when she had passed away, that was the one thing that I said, Hey, just, I don't care what you guys do with anything else. I just want the, I just want that plush. So um, the plush was given back to me, and uh, now that's displayed in my man room um, on a uh, bookcase. So then, you know, and my kids come and ask me, and they say, "Well, what, what's with this?" Or you know, our friends come over. And I have this great story to um, to tell about my grandmother. Um, saving this and, and just, you know, making her happy. And now it's coming back and coming full circle. So those are the kind of things that I think it's more sentimental for a lot of us uh, as far as collecting goes um, nowadays. And just, you know, in the thrill of the hunt, we get, we, yeah, that's fun. But the sentimental and the heart is what actually matters. So uh, I appreciate this episode. You did a great job. Um, it really brought me back and, you know, and um, had some emotional moments just thinking about some of the things, especially with your father. So um, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, Pennsylvania. I was just listening to your uh, uh, resort review with Becky Minkin. I am on my way to do some walks today. It's a little bit chilly in Pennsylvania. And I am super, super excited and just had to share that my trip is in 37 days. We will be at the Beach Club Villas thanks to Jackie York from Mouse Fan Travel. She, um, like you were saying, you book it and then any discounts that come out, they apply it. So she got in touch with me and said, hey, I can upgrade you to a one-bedroom villa for cheaper than what you're booked at now, and that's a no-brainer. So that's the benefit of getting in touch with MEI, Mass Fan Travel, because they know what they're doing. Anyway, I'm super excited because my kids have never stayed in a luxury resort before. I'm so looking forward to seeing the look on their faces when they experience what we have planned. We are going to Boathouse. Woohoo! Our first day there, we land, we get situated at the hotel, and go down to Disney Springs and experience the Boathouse. I thought you'd like to know that. And I want to get them on the Skyliner, which I've done once. It's amazing. I'm just so looking forward to helping them see that there's more to Disney than going on rides. So, so excited. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that. So, have, everybody have a nice day. I can't wait to see you guys uh, tomorrow night. And make somebody smile. There's always a reason to be thankful. Take care. Bye-bye.